1: Good morning! It is time to get up with the pack! They were whack and got smacked! Can they find what they lack to get back in the pack with guys like Dak, who may have to pick up the slack to shut down the flack if his defense can't hack the attack. And then we'll take you to the very top of the whole stack. Pat has the knack. Tyreek is gone, but he never looked back. Will he shellack the rest of the pack? It's a football Friday, people. Let's do this thing. (laughs) Starting right now as we get up with you. (laughs) I'm embarrassed yeah, to tell you how long it took me to write that. <laughs> but I had a good time doing it. Much more fun than the Packer fans had last night. Watching Aaron Rodgers and company try to get things done. We are here. RC is there and he is ready to go. Fired up on a football Friday and let's take it to Lambeau Field last night. Four days removed from the game that seemed to save their season. Could Rodgers and company make it happen? Sacho, Ninko, let's go. Final seconds, first quarter. Packers down 7 nothing, And I will tell you what this is what he does he's directing traffic he sees he's got a free play and sancho he takes advantage there's no one
2: better in the world than aaron rodgers is making plays like these he knows there's 12 men on the field he gets his guys lined up over his career since 2008 he has over 800 yards of offense on free plays 12 touchdowns and he throws it to a star receiver star in the making, Christian Watson.
1: All he does is catch touchdowns. Extra point, no good, 7-6 Tennessee. Now, a lot of frustration from Rodgers and company. The Tennessee defense giving him a hard time last night. Here he narrowly avoids a safety, so they're forced to punt deep in their own territory. And Ninko, the Titans would take advantage of the short field. Here comes Mr. Henry. He's just too big. He's too big. Goal-to-go situations,
3: give it to Henry.
1: Touchdown. 14-6 at the half in favor of Tennessee. Third quarter, it's 14-9. Ryan Tannehill, sensational last night, Sancho. Well,
2: the running game wasn't working early on, and so they threw this screen pass to Derrick Henry. It, obviously, you've got to get the ball in his hands, and when they did, you saw linemen blocking downfield. This is part of the 333 passing yards that he was able to get.
1: And he wasn't the only one passing. Oh, sneaky Derrick Henry
3: on the jump pass. This is the Derrick Henry effect. Look at all the defenders coming into the line of scrimmage. No, 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 it's not a run. It's a pass. Stop, jump. Up in the air, throw a touchdown pass. Austin Hooper on
1: the other end. Titans up 20 to 9. Packers looking to respond. Rodgers, Randall Cobb, 28 yards. Packers moving the change. And that sets it up one more
2: time, Sacho. It's Rodgers, it's Watson, his fifth touchdown in two weeks. Over the last two games, he has eight catches. Five of those catches have been <laughs> touchdowns. Christian Watson is finally making the plays that everyone expected him to make. He's going to be dangerous.
1: They go for the two and get it. It's a three-point game. So, Nico, it was up to the Green Bay defense, and they couldn't hold on. Talk
3: about threading the needle. Tannehill throwing a perfect pass. They thought it was incomplete, but no, no, no. Holds on to the football touchdown.
1: Cooper. they would review it and rule it the score. His second touchdown of the night, 27-17. Uh, Tannehill was terrific. Rodgers, candidly, was
2: not trying to get back in the game. Sammy Watkins open. These are the critical moments in critical games, and Aaron Rodgers usually makes these throws. This game, he was not. That's a missed opportunity. Here's
1: another on a third and three. Rodgers, Alan Lazard, wide open, and he misses him. So the Packers have to go for it on a fourth and three. What do we think of the play call here, Ninko?
3: I hate it. It's a low percentage play, and you can just see the miscommunication here, the frustration on Rodgers. Yeah, the whole sidelines frustrated story of the Packers season they turn it over
1: on downs 3 minutes ago now Packers still down 10 trying desperately third and 19 Rodgers Watson they're just short of the first down marker so they got to go for it and it was this kind of night
2: it was a story of the game the Titans defense dominating not only Aaron Rodgers but also Green Bay as a whole this is a critical stop, stop game over. That was the ball game afterwards. Frustration for the home team as the Packers
1: drop one right on the heels of the win.
4: To put on a performance like that, uh, I, I just, I don't even know what to say. Uh, there was, it was nothing like a few days ago um, and that's why you're only as good as your last game.
5: I'm not going to make excuses about my thumb. It's been the same since New York. Didn't have the same type of, uh, consistent grip and and ball coming out the same way. I threw a lot of kind of wobblers tonight. Just missed a few throws I should have had. I mean, definitely the one to Sammy and and the one to Allen for sure.
1: All right, RC, we'll start with you. It's been a year where a lot of mornings we've sat here and talked about how the people around Aaron Rodgers haven't been getting it done. Last night it felt like a lot of it was Rodgers and he sort of owned it in those comments right there.
6: No, he absolutely did. I mean, in fact, Aaron Rodgers was nowhere near Ryan Tannehill. And even though Aaron late in the game had a chance to kill, that offense was truly on a chill. I'm not sure if he can get back out and get mushrooms or have to take a pill. When you think about what Aaron Rodgers was last night and the Green Bay Packers, it was kind of exactly what we asked them to be. We asked them to be a team that fought hard defensively. Now they gave up some big plays, but they fought. We asked them to be a team to run the football and much like Ach- Sacho said during the highlights, it was time where Aaron Rodgers in critical football moments was supposed to make plays. And I was coming on here to talk about the missed throw to Sammy Watkins on third down, to talk about the missed throw to Alan Lazard on third down in the fourth quarter, then the floater deep up the field. It wasn't even necessarily about the thumb or about the accuracy it was that everything around you at least from the way that they prepared to play this game, the way that they executed throughout the game, gave Aaron Rodgers the opportunity to be Aaron Rodgers when the Green Bay Packers needed Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers. And he wasn't. And I appreciate the fact that he owned up to it. I appreciate the fact that he owned up to it after that terrible game in Detroit. But owning up to it is not fixing it. And all this time, like you said, Green, we talked about what the Green Bay Packers don't have. What the Green Bay Packers didn't have last night was a good quarterback. Ryan Tannehill was absolutely phenomenal. And as good as he was, Aaron Rodgers had an opportunity to overtake him late in the game because we understand he can make those plays. He was errant on throws. He was late on his reads. And he was not the two-time reigning MVP that we are used to seeing. This, this loss is on Aaron Rodgers.
1: A- absolutely. And so every week, I like starting it this way. Brooke, uh, she, she sits down in our meeting at 6 o'clock and immediately starts writing <laughs> everything that we that we do. So what is the lead line of this story? story today as the Packers, I guess we can't say their season really officially comes to an end last night, but it certainly feels that way, especially off the momentum of the win. What's the lead line of the story today on Rodgers and the Packers? Well,
0: I can tell you the first thing that I wrote down during the game last night, and that was that free play where he got the touchdown. I was like, oh, is that Aaron Rodgers? Is he back? He wasn't bad, guys. I mean, it was it, it was it was this 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 death rattle more than it was a breath of fresh air, a, a chance to go for him to go back to who he used to be. Um, I, I think that there are silver linings in guys like Watson, but he doesn't have it. He didn't have it in this game, and he said before, "Guys, I'm a two-time MVP. You can trust me. Put it all on my back." They put it all on his back, and he couldn't carry the load.
1: No, Last night, he certainly couldn't. It's two out of three weeks he's had bad games. And, Nico, you were making an observation, and we didn't see it there in the highlight, but we do have it. After one of those plays, there was frustration not only from Rodgers but from the coach, from Matt LaFleur. And now we've seen the two of them in consecutive games look like they're just not on the
3: same yeah, page. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I saw that even more in the Cowboys game. I think it was a third-and-one situation, yeah. and they didn't convert. And, and Rodgers literally went off on the sideline yelling and it was more directed towards the head coach right. and the play call than actually frustration in himself and then you see in this matchup last night there was a play where they didn't convert and the head coach sang under his breath a certain term I can't say on mm-hmm. air right but that frustration might boil over into your relationship side of things the coach and the player not agreeing on maybe the play calling not agreeing on simplifying the offense because think back A few weeks, maybe six weeks ago, when when Rodgers said, well, maybe we just need to simplify things. And the head coach says, no, we're we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And there could be a little bit of friction here moving forward. And if they continue to lose, I know Rodgers is making $50 million guaranteed. Mm -hmm. The head coach isn't. So, we'll find out how that relationship works itself out.
1: So, look, when your quarterback is named Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be the top of the conversation, and in no way am I suggesting it shouldn't be. But I will also say, and RC sort of touched on it, Sacho, the Green Bay defense, which came into this season supposed to be the strength of this team. They made Ryan Tannehill look like Dan Marino last night, and when they had an opportunity, when Rodgers brought them back within three points, they're letting them go right up and down the field. How about the Green Bay defense? Well, one
2: just Ryan Tannehill they made look great. They also made Traylon Burks look great. Traylon yeah. Burks on that last that last catch. Remember that first down? They threw it to him. He had seven catches, 111 yards. He looked like the dude he was replacing mm-hmm. last game. And so that was what stood out for me. Anytime you play the Tennessee Titans, you understand you're going to have eight in the box. You're going to try and stop Derrick Henry. That means the receivers are going to be one-on-one. If your rookie receiver is winning one-on-one, then the, the, the opponent has a major, major problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the defense, too. Uh, RC, I'll come to you on that because we knew that there were going to be growing <coughs> pains again. I mean, we're 11 games into their season season, so I I don't even know why I'm talking about it this way, as though we're still early in the process. (laughs) This was a team that was supposed to ride its defense in large part, and the defense has been a major disappointment, and again, last night they got shredded.
6: Yeah, I mean, you think about you think about coming into this season or how many times on Monday morning we've laid out the ways we felt like the Green Bay Packers had to win. And that always started with dominant defense. You didn't get that last night. Um, Ryan Tannehill was near perfect, so much so that late in the game when you're expecting them to run the football with Derrick Henry, they go deep on Jair Alexander and convert it with, with Traylon Burks. And I think everything you saw last night played to exactly what Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, the Tennessee Titans wanted. He wanted to be physical up front, and he continued to stick with the run, even though Derrick Henry didn't pop many. The screen to Derrick Henry in the second half that allows them to go right down the field, and then they're just tricking off, right? They're handing the ball to Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's looking out this way. Derrick Henry's throwing Tim Tebow jump passes. It was truly a dominant performance by the Tennessee Titans offensively, and if you are the Green Bay Packers, and you've drafted first rounder after first rounder defensively on the back, and you drafted first rounder at the first rounder in the linebacker position you have to find a way to get stops and giving up 27 points last night giving up the deep play late is not the way that you're supposed to be leading this team and so I think if you are defensive coordinator Joe Berry, you have to go back in the lab and say are we doing enough are we putting our guys in good enough positions because based on contracts based on draft status we have all the dudes we need to be dominant and we just aren't and last night we let our team down that, that number
1: at the bottom of your screen there it just was replaced a moment ago, but I'll read it again. But Going into the season, our analytics gave the Packers a 95% chance of making the playoffs. There it is. And the reason is we didn't believe in the division while well, all of a sudden here's Minnesota right now looking like a Super Bowl team. The Lions just beat this team a couple of weeks ago, and the Packers have fallen behind. So, nico has been saying it's over for weeks. Is it over? Is it? Was last night really the final nail in the coffin, Brooke, for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for this season?
0: Yes, because what tells you that they can be better than what they were last night. The Titans were a much better football team. We have to respect the Titans and what they're doing. They're not, they're not chumps here, you know. But what about the Packers is going to get better? They got a better receiver in Christian, Watkins, or in Christian Watson. He looked good. He didn't save this season. They're not going to get OBG. That wouldn't save the season. They're not going to add a corner. They're not going to revamp their defense. It's done.
1: Yeah, I, I think the season may be beyond saving. You mentioned Tennessee. We will remember the Titans as we go along this morning. The question is, are they a Super Bowl contender, a legit one? And the AFC will answer that. Plus, as we roll along on this Football Friday, Mother Nature already won up on Buffalo this weekend. But will the Browns and Bills being moved to Detroit actually wind up helping Josh Allen? On the field, we'll talk about it, and if the Cowboys beat the Vikings on Sunday, will Dak Prescott be the reason for it, or should we be looking elsewhere? We will answer all your questions as this Football Friday rolls on. It's Get Up on ESPN. all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more.
5: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't.
1: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back on a football Friday on Get Up. Let's play a game of more or less looking ahead to this weekend. ARC, Saquon Barkley against Detroit. More or less than one and a half
6: rushing touchdowns. I think he's going to have more. Listen, we know what this defense is like in Detroit. We also know how much they love to give Saquon Barkley the ball in the red zone because it leads to the boot action by Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley has absolutely, truly shown everybody that he's back this year, and this will just be another step in his season to maybe
1: being Offensive Player of the Year. Yes, I think he should be in the MVP conversation, but that's just me. Sacho, more or less, Lamar Jackson against Carolina, 180 and a half passing
2: yards. I'm going to go less on this one, Lamar. Jackson this offense they don't need to pass the ball to win we've seen it over the last few weeks Gus Edwards may be coming back as well offensively at receiver you still got some guys who were injured even tight end we don't know if Mark Andrews is going to come back and so I think this team the Baltimore Ravens will rely on their running attack to get a win I say less than 180.5 passing yards
1: Ninka we've talked so much this week about Josh Allen will he throw more or less than 0.5 interceptions against the Browns meaning will he
3: throw one I'm going less I don't think he'll throw one because of the fact last week he threw those red zone interceptions. this is a point of emphasis Josh Allen knows that the fate of the team relies on him throwing the ball down the field. Take care of the football, and the Buffalo Bills will go far. So, again, Josh Allen, no interceptions this week. Well, we know where they're going this week. They're going
1: to Detroit. That game has been moved. If you've not... With severe weather already underway in uh, the area of Buffalo, New York, Orchard Park, New York, and it's only expected to get worse. uh, Literally dangerous conditions over the next couple of days. So the game has been moved to Detroit. That means the Bills will play the Browns and the Lions both in Detroit over a five day span. They are there for Thanksgiving. And Brooke, I know you've been following this and talking to our Bills reporter there. They've canceled practice for today as well. They
0: did. Yep. They announced this morning practice is canceled. At this point, I believe they're still scheduled to travel tomorrow because they were trying to keep a normal travel schedule. But look, conditions are dangerous. Uh, they have, I believe, according to Apple weather, they have about eight inches of wintry mix right now. But more is on the way. And looking at the radar, they're just on the fringe of this storm. This goes beyond football. This area is going to get hit with a lot of snow. I am not an airline pilot, but I think that it's going to be really dangerous for them to try to get out of Buffalo, given how long they had to wait.
1: You know, we had an interesting conversation here this morning, Nico and Sacho. We were talking about uh, for these players, okay, yeah, you go to Detroit, but your family is still back in your house, and maybe they lose power and all these different things that become distractions. Th- those are obviously things that will weigh on the Bills players this week. We can deal with the football side of this. So, R.C., if, some were, if one were to say that a snow game, which lends itself to being a running game, might have actually favored Nick Chubb and the Browns, is it actually, actually favor the Bills and what they want to do on the field that this game is being moved indoors?
6: Well, I believe it does. I mean, I think, though, it also helps the Cleveland Browns, too. It's not necessarily that it's just the the, the the juxtaposition of how these two teams run offense. It truly is. It's just difficult to play in wintery conditions like that. And you can think back a few years, anybody who was old as me, and think about when LaShawn McCoy went crazy in the snow, and I think it was, like, versus Detroit, and he seemed like the only person who actually had seven studs in his cleats. It's just difficult to play. In those type of conditions it's difficult to even want to play when it's such blistering cold and so I think it's just smart to move the game but far as for the Buffalo Bills you want an opportunity for Josh Allen to be able to throw the football you want Stephon Diggs to be able to give you three stems four releases and seven routes in one and be able to stick his foot in the ground and run the comeback so it surely favors the Buffalo Bills I think the conditions of making sure you could protect protect Josh Allen while he's injured is also extremely important and for the Buffalo Bills it's about getting a win. I don't care. I don't think they care that they had to get a win in nasty weather or they had to get a win inside the dome. They understand the position that they're in right now, at least record-wise, being the third best team in the AFC East. It's gonna be about Josh Allen controlling the football, Josh Allen protecting the football, but Josh Allen continuing to stay aggressive, as we saw Tua Tonga Valoa versus the Cleveland Browns last week. They could score upwards of 30 or 40 points if they protect the ball. And I think that's That's what they're going to want to do on the turf inside that dome.
1: Well, I don't think that Allen strikes me, and not that I know him well, but as a person whose confidence is going to be shaken by some of the struggles and some of the criticism that he has heard. But, Sancho, has your confidence, whatever it was, you perceived the Bills to be, after the last couple of weeks and all the turnovers and everything else, has your confidence in them been shaken? Uh,
2: it hasn't been shaken, but it's been stirred just a little <laughs> bit. Right? And part of the reason why, part of the reason why, is I still believe in Buffalo. I still believe in Josh Allen. I Still believe in their defense. But some of the decision-making is what I'm not pleased with. Over the last two games, two interceptions each game for the last three games. Over the last four games, six touchdowns, six picks. I think the difference here, Ken Dorsey is offensive coordinator and not Brian Dable. Mm -hmm. Brian Dable, I think, was able to reel back, some of those picks and say, hey, let's make a different decision, a better decision, and let's accentuate, let's make your good things even better. But now the good things are great, but the bad is still showing up wide open. And so I think that's an area where Ken Dorsey can grow, and even around this offense, saying, hey, Josh Allen, let's try and change that decision-making. We saw it change from his college time to now with Dayball, and now that Dayball's gone, there's been some downside.
1: Well, put the picks up on the screen. Uh, regardless of where this game was being played, I, I'd be very surprised if everyone here wasn't riding with Buffalo, Ninko, as I come to you. Yep. And and we'll, we'll see. That they'll be up there in just a second. But I, I can. I, spoiler alert. Everybody. Likes <laughs> Buff- everybody. Likes Buffalo in this game. What, what are you expecting from him? What, 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 give me give me the, the Josh Allen numbers in this game. Continu- this
3: week. C- continu- continuing to be Josh Allen and not changing his mentality. He's not going to, you know, say, hey, I'm not going to try and score touchdown passes here in the red. Zone. He's going to try and and score points just like they've been doing, but he's just got to be smarter in those goal-to-goal situations. Don't turn the ball over in the low red zone. Um, But again, I really think that the travel could affect them a little bit, considering they're going to have to stay there and play on Thanksgiving, so they're not going to be coming home, or they will come home. I don't know what their travel schedule is going to be, but it's definitely messed up. When you're not sleeping in your own bed and you're not in your routine. It can mess you up a little bit. It could, it could kind of just drain the energy out of you.
1: I think at this moment they don't know, right, is the only way to put it. The, the, the original plan was they were going to go back to Buffalo right. in between the games, but who knows if that's even going to wind up being reasonable.
0: That's the thing because, again, there's still going to be snow on the ground. It's not like this is going to melt overnight. That's got to be a factor. I, I think that we cannot forget about just the chaos factor of this game for the Bills. The Browns were going to travel regardless. Okay, now they're going to Detroit instead of Buffalo. You just reroute the plane a little bit. But that's going to be a factor. But to everyone's point here about Josh Allen, they've hitched their wagon to him. The wagon's going to get bumpy. Hold on to the reins like you might fly up in your seat a little bit. But... Settle down, there's a cushion, you'll be fine.
1: And and this should be a week that that he's able to get right, particularly playing indoors in the Dome. And just to finish the topic up with a smile, after the announcement that this game is being moved to Detroit, the Lions laid down some ground rules. This is from their Twitter account. Important numbers are by the phone. Lock up when you leave, and please don't break the tables. Those seem like reasonable requests from the team lending them a stadium. All right, as we roll on, the good feelings in Gray Bay did not last long. What does the rest of the season look like? For Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, we'll answer that, and we'll remember the Titans as we roll on next. You're watching Get Up
6: on ESPN.
7: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
4: Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half
3: Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI,
6: Back on
1: get up, and if you are just getting up and didn't see the action last night in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers looking to build on what was a promising win Sunday. Uh, down 7-0 final seconds, first quarter,
2: Rodgers, Sacho, doing Rodgers things. What we don't see is there's 12 men on the field for the Titans, and so what Aaron Rodgers does, gets all his guys lined up and has one of his free plays, his pass- Patented free plays. He's dominant in this area. And of the also
1: game. patenting the Christian Watson touchdowns. He's got quite a few of
3: those but then, oh, sneaky Derrick Henry. That's the Derrick Henry effect. Look at all the defenders
2: coming in. Nope, stop, jump pass touchdown.
1: And then there he's got it. Meanwhile, Christian Watson, that's his fifth
2: touchdown in two weeks. Oh, eight catches, five touchdowns over two weeks. He's a budding star.
1: Packers uh, go for the two and get it till they're down 20 to their down 20-17 to but Ryan Tannehill last night, Ninko, was sensational. Threading the needle. This was initially incomplete. They look at it, overall touchdown. Austin Hooper, who had two touchdowns on the ninth. And Rodgers, desperation time down by 10. Seems to have a wide open Sammy Watkins, and he misses him. Next, Packers possession on a third and three. Rodgers has an open Allen Lazard and can't hit him. Tannehill threw for 333 last night. Rodgers struggles. Packers, disappointment in Title Town. They fall, and they may be done.
4: We're not in a very good position right now, that's for sure. Um like I told the guys, like there's there's no margin for error, period. We gotta
5: play up to our potential. If we play up to our potential, we can win our last six games. I'm confident of that. Obviously I gotta play up to my potential tonight, wasn't it?
1: Now, Rogers taking a lot of the responsibility on himself. Candidly, he just didn't play well last night. They've lost 6 out of 7. Our analytics now give them a 5% chance of making the playoffs. It should be pointed out that that is the inverse of what we gave them during the preseason. Again, they were the likeliest team to make the playoffs in the entire sport at 95% before the season began. So, RC, we spent so much time talking about them this year, and it is perhaps an oversimplification to say, well, Devontae Adams left, and that obviously changed a lot of things but if indeed realistically it ended for the Packers for this year last night how do you explain it how do you explain that a team that had a 95% chance to make the playoffs is sitting there at four and seven
6: Well, the first thing, like, football is unpredictable. I think that's the first thing I can explain. If we just knew who was going to win Super Bowls, who was going to get to playoffs, then it wouldn't be so exciting. Like, people from Cleveland wouldn't tune in every year and crazily think that they're going to win the Super Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys fans wouldn't be the most annoying fans in the world thinking, you know what? This is the year, right? Because you got to go play the games. And when you think about the the Green Bay Packers having to change who they were. Having to change who they've been, they were late to it. Everybody else knew it. Everybody else knew that Aaron Jones and the run game had to be big, that the defense had to be dominant, that Aaron Rodgers had to take a step back and play action pass had to be huge late in games and you had to find out. Everybody else knew that but the Green Bay Packers and now that they're finally coming around to it, it's a little bit too late because now if you don't execute completely on defense, you're giving up big plays down the field. You're giving up screens that take you into the zone. you're getting the football ran on you now offensively if you don't run the ball as well early and you have to depend on Aaron Rodgers late he's missing throws and to hear him say if we play up to our potential we can win the last six games Newsflash, you lost six (laughs) out of the last seven. And if you don't get some bad penalties or get some penalties on your side last game, you probably lose to the Dallas Cowboys, too. So this team is done. I wish Rex and I were sitting uh, sitting in studio with Dan so we can pull our chairs together, look Daniel in the face, and say, no, you were not right. We'll cancel Christmas, and maybe next year the Green Bay Packers can live up to all the hype of the preseason.
1: It really is an interesting thing when you think about him saying if we
6: play up to our potential, which so clearly
1: begs the question, why have you gone 11 games and not played up to your potential? This was a time of change, but not this much change for a Packers team that has been so good for so long. And I... Look, the last time we wrote Aaron Rodgers off, right? This team drafted his replacement and, and we were talking about him being in decline. The last time that happened, he went out and had back-to-back MVP seasons. So I'm going to be very hesitant to write Aaron Rodgers off in the long run. But it's certainly, he's going to be 40 years old next year, Brooke. And and you watched you know, the very end of Ben Roethlisberger's career up close and personal. Brooke covers the, the Steelers for us. I, I don't know that this is exactly like that, but it could have some of the same markings.
0: It absolutely does and it could. The way that I look at the Packers' future and their offseason. It's going to be like a trip to the dentist when you know, man, I have not been brushing my teeth real well. Like, you've got cavities. You know that that dentist appointment is coming up in like a couple weeks, so you're going to do all you can. You're going to floss. You're going to brush. You're going to Listerine. You're going to do some fluoride treatment, but the cavities are still there like you could still end up having to get a root canal that's what the Packers are facing now with Aaron Rodgers. they've got this a lot of guaranteed money tied up in him he's not playing like a guy worth 50 million dollars I mean guys you you can floss and you can brush but you're still going to need some Novocaine I don't,
1: know why that, I don't know why that analogy tickled me so it just, it just did uh, that, that, so okay so now they're they're going to be at the dentist for the rest of their season <laughs> let's take a quick minute on the Titans here oh yeah if I I ask you right now, Rob Ninkovich,
3: give me the short list of teams from the AFC that you could see being in the Super Bowl this year. Is Tennessee Tennessee? on it? Of course they are. And they have the toughness. They have the coaching. You see Vrabel on the sideline, dapping up everybody up and down the sideline. There's a respect factor there, and there's a chemistry that you build in the offseason. And you can see that. You see that aggressiveness. You see the running game. They were down a ton of people last night. They didn't have their starting center, safety, corner, Kicker, they didn't have a lot of guys traveling on the road on a short week, and they looked really good. But they had Derrick Henry, so that (laughs) helps. So, again, when you have the running back, that strong running back that kind of sets the tone, everything else falls in place. And Ryan Tannehill playing at a high level, you don't want to play this team in the playoffs because they could come into your house – And they could beat you. Can we put, Cindy, very quickly, can we put those
1: odds back up there again? Because there's one thing that I think jumped out to me as we see Vegas considers them the 15. Okay? I'm just going to read some names to you right now, Sacho. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungavailoa. Do you trust Tannehill? I know he was good last night. He had the the, the implosion in the playoffs last year against Cincinnati.
2: That's the difference, right?
1: Do you trust Tannehill to play toe-to-toe with those
2: guys in a big game? I don't, not in the playoffs. But hopefully, and that's the plan for the Titans, that it wouldn't be about him. It would be about their defense dominating the way they did, be about some of the running game as well. And then a quick,
3: just a quick thing. When we were talking about Green Bay, there were three things I wrote down. And the Tennessee Titans have these three things. Chemistry, coaching, and buy-in. Those three things, when you're building a football team, you have to have chemistry amongst the players, amongst the offense, defense, special teams, the coaches. Then you have to have the coaching, and then everybody's got to buy in. So the Tennessee Titans have that. I agree. The Packers don't. But you know what? It's been a very long time since a team won a championship
1: based on building around a running back. It just yeah. doesn't happen much. D- they're going to need the quarterback to play big if they're going to come out of the AFC.
3: Orlowski, too. Oh, that's for Dan. See, this, is for uh, Dan. this
1: is a picture for this Dan. Is, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a tear detail tear for me. Ninko, the artist, getting things done. The caricaturist, uh, doing a very nice job. All right, let's work our way to Wait. some of the other biggest game of the weekend. Clearly, is Dallas, Minnesota. The two. Uh, big-time teams in that NFC. Cowboys looking to bounce back after an overtime loss. Vikings looking to build on the biggest win of the year in OT in Buffalo. Mike McCarthy was asked about his quarterback, Dak Prescott, who threw a pair of picks last week. Here's what he said.
5: How do you assess your performance at this point, and is, do you feel it's a little more erratic than it has been at times over the course of your career? Erratic? Erratic or, or not? Uh good question. Um, I can't necessarily say that. But yeah, obviously uh, not, not 5-0 and in those games, so damn sure not as, as clean or as, or as good as I'd want it. All right, so we can debate the
1: question all that we want here. I, I, let's just not waste our time in that. RC, let me ask you the real question. How much, if the Cowboys suffered a very tough loss last week, that's a game they should have won in a lot of different ways. And their defense gave up a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. We've covered it repeatedly. How much of whatever it is that are concerns for the Cowboys right now are reasonable to place on the quarterback?
6: You know what? I'm actually not that concerned with Dak. I I, I don't feel like – Dak has been much worse than we've seen him throughout his career yeah I'm sure you want to have the communication be better between Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb in the red zone when he throws the first pick to Ford, or in the middle of the field something Dan and I detailed on Touchscreen Tuesday when you're when he's thinking that he's going to keep the football uh, up the field with C.D. Lamb who's going to bend it and C.D. Lamb does something different I think there were there were just some communication issues that they need to show up and make sure if you're going to have this sort of free in the offense, that your quarterback and your number one receiver are on the same page. The other thing is this if you're Kellen Moore and we screamed, everybody said it, Kellen Moore, remember what sort of offense offensive coordinator you were when you had Cooper Rush. Be that same guy, but now do that with Dak Prescott and allow him to elevate you above where Cooper Rush did. That's not throwing the football 46 times when Tony Pollard is running the skin off of the football. Or when Davis is getting eight yards a pop. Continue to do what got you there. And I think they changed some of those things. But as far as Dak Prescott, I believe he's playing fine. I think he's playing well. Some decisions have to be different. Communication needs to be better but as a whole they lost that game against the Green Bay Packers and there are deficiencies on this team but the one I'm least worried about is Dak Prescott absolutely I mean if I were to say that I've got Dak's back because
1: they're talking smack but the flack is whack he's gonna bounce back and get the Cowboys attack back on top of the pack if I were to say that Sacha, what would your reaction be? Uh,
2: it would be this, like Bravo. Like I'm like I'm saying the topic. The the, the, the Yeah, drop mic yeah, the mic down. down.
5: At,
2: at the end of the yeah, so, <laughs> down. so let me <laughs> drop, drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't even remember my question. No, was so, to, the, to your point, uh, no, Dak is not the issue. Dak, right. I think, is back in a lot of ways, but the defense isn't. Simple as that. 207 rushing yards given up last game, 240 the game before that. Over the last four games, averaging 175 yards given up on the ground. Over the whole season, 143. There are issues on this defense that Dak cannot solve, and that involves staying in your gap. That involves not being the guy who's trying to make a hero play, but doing your job. That involves guys getting healthy, right? Michael Parsons has been injured, and it's been obvious. I want him to get back healthy healthy. Those are the things that need to be solved if the Cowboys want to get back on track. And so, Nico let me With ask that. you this.
1: As if it's about the defense and they're going up against yep. a really good <laughs> offense, if you're on the Dallas defense this week, is this a game about stopping Justin Jefferson or is it a game about stopping uh, Dalvin Cook? It's stopping Dalvin Cook
3: because in the last two weeks, you've averaged 223 yards on the ground defensively. That's way too much. And Dalvin Cook last week had 119 yards on the ground against Buffalo. So, you know, coming into this matchup, we cannot let them run the football all over. For us because then it opens up all the other stuff that they want to do down the field. So, again, stopping the run early, and I'm not going to try and attempt to do any rhyming because I didn't have time no, to write down anything, that, okay? But, but, I'm not doing it. But you gave me a number in the in the meeting Under 100, 100 yards. Under 100 yards. If you keep them under 100 yards, it helps you. It gives you a chance. If you let them run for over 100, everything else is open. So that's the line right there. Nico said it to
1: me. 99 yards rushing and the Cowboys win. We'll put the picks up on the screen. RC, go.
6: How do you suggest they stop Delvin Cook though? Do you truly think you're going to put 8 men in the box when Kirk Cousins walks up to the line staring at Justin Jefferson? I'm not he don't look off ever. Kirk Cousins is staring at Justin Jefferson. They got safeties rolled over there. He snaps the ball. He don't even look at the snap, y'all, because he's staring at Justin Jefferson. And he throws it to him and he's covered all the time cuz teams are doubling him. People are on top of his head, he had the greatest three-handed catch of all time on 4th and 18. And so what we're going to do, if we're the Dallas Cowboys, who gives up boatloads of yards rushing, is we're going to throw eight men in the box, and we're going to say, Kirk, with your 17 change, and you're not as hairy chest as I actually expected it to be on the plane, <laughs> hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook. Hell no. This is a conundrum, and the Dallas Cowboys are in all heaps of trouble defensively if they think they can stop the Minnesota Vikings. They better just score a whole lot of points because you stack the box, 18 going to get 200. You play with a light box, Dalvin Cook going to get 200. I am interested to see what Dan Quinn does. You see
1: the pick super quick, bro. Has your confidence in Dallas been shaken? I asked him the question earlier about um, in a different about Buffalo. Dal- Still on a board or no?
0: I'm on, I'm on the brink. I'm on the diving board. I'm, I'm, like, walking out to the plank. Because here's the thing. I think Dallas still has a chance. I think maybe they need to make a move. I don't know. A guy like Odell Beckham Jr., perhaps, maybe.
1: You're not the first person I've heard say it. All right, we'll run along here. Coming up, 40 years ago. Oh, I. Oh, my pick. i got the Cowboys, because, <laughs> of course, I do. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Wait, who do you think you're talking to? I didn't write all these rhymes for nothing. All right, coming up. 40 years ago this weekend, it was absolute bedlam at the end of Stanford Cal. This is the 40-year anniversary is this the greatest play my friends here have ever seen they will pick their best don't miss the fun next get up on espn
4: 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business
6: Back on Get Up,
1: morning wake-up call, Derrick Henry doing it all.
2: Hands. Henry throws. Touchdown Titans! Henry took the handoff and then hit Hooper with a jump pass for a big
6: sixer. Oh man. Wow!
1: Derrick Henry, unbelievable one of two completions for Henry last night and he had a rushing touchdown on 20-plus carries. Only one other player has had a game like that in the Super Bowl era. The one, the only sweetness, Walter Payton back in 1983. So can the Titans ride Derrick Henry all the way to the Super Bowl? We will talk about that a little later. Meanwhile, speaking of Super Bowl hopefuls, the Eagles, they've given up a lot on the ground lately. Two weeks ago against the Texans, Damian Pierce averaged five yards a carry and had a season-high 139 rushing yards against this Eagles defense last week. Then Monday night as Philadelphia fell from the ranks of the unbeaten. Ryan Robinson had a season high with 86 rushing yards and that bruising touchdown run gave Washington a lead that it would never give back. Now Philly gets to take on Jonathan Taylor and the Colts this Sunday and if there's one thing we all know about the new coach of the Colts, Jeff Saturday, he wants to run the football (laughs) and he's got the guy to do it. So the Eagles have gone out and gotten themselves some reinforcements. They've signed and Sue. And Linval Joseph this week, they're bringing those guys in for a reason because since Jordan Davis, their rookie, got hurt, they've not been able to stop anybody. They go from a top-five rushing defense with Davis on the field to a bottom-five unit when he's not. So with them getting set to play the Colts this weekend, RC, the, the topic fatal flaw, that's the term that was used to describe their run defense, is that something that could get the Eagles knocked? It's Super Bowl or bust when you start this well. Could that flaw get them knocked out somewhere along the way?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think when you look at some of the teams that are in the NFC, whether it be Minnesota, whether it be the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys, these are all teams that can run the football extremely well. I mean, we started to see Ezekiel Elliott get off late in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles in primetime early on this season. And when you go back to the Washington Commanders on Monday night, it was Brian Robinson. They're able to convert third and ones. It was the tough running on the goal line. Also, keeping the football away from this very explosive Philadelphia Eagles offense and so if you are the Eagles you think to yourself how can I be beat how can I be attacked and the way that you can be is by the running game and so if you're smart and you're Howie Roseman who has built a hell of a roster you make sure you shore
1: that up and again they're going up against our buddy Jeff Saturday we we joke all the time here about how much he wanted to run the ball so put the picks up on the screen because we've got some surprising support for the fighting Saturdays uh, as they get to take on the Eagles we'll see the picks there but yesterday Today, but you gave me your bold prediction and go, you said you believe the Colts win this game and Sacho was riding with
3: you. Why? Yeah, well, Indy can beat Philly if Taylor can trailer the load <laughs> and hope to not implode as Saturday anxiously and majestically tries to defy the old play caller Bill Collar.
5: Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no. oh, no, I have no idea what that means.
3: No. I'm done. <laughs> So well,
1: here's the thing. I tried to write that <laughs> down. It didn't work Yeah, out, Look what I started here. I, I, you don't make me regret doing this. <laughs> Why do the Colts win this I game? I regret it already. The running it's game. Not because of the that. The running game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, asking, yeah. I'm looking at you like you're crazy because yeah. I think everything in the world seems to line up for the Eagles here. The Colts off of motion, the terrible Raiders. Well, how can they
2: win A- this? Everything except the Eagles' fatal flaw, which is their run game. I get it. And Dominican Sue is now on the team. He also hasn't played all season long. So it's one thing to be in shape, running and lifting, nothing to be in football shape. Yeah. Number two, Linville Joseph, they just signed him. This defense <laughs> hasn't been able to stop the run. And so, yes, down the line, Sue will be a great fit, but for now, he may not be ready. Number one. Number two, the Colts ran for over 200 yards last week. That's their largest output all season long, and that's who they are going to be. They will run the rock. They will pass it short. They will keep the, keep the ball in out of Matt Ryan's hands as far as when it comes to getting sacked. They will run The Rock and the Eagles right now cannot stop it. Prior, Eagles.
0: I'm going with the Eagles. I've been calling them the uh, Philadelphia Monstars because here's the thing. The Monstars and a best of seven would have beaten Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes squad. And that's why I think that, that the Eagles true. are going that's to continue true. to win. Wow. The, the,
2: like, best of seven? They yeah. would have beat the no, – I think no, so. No. I think
0: so. They're the Monstars for a reason. Special stuff runs out. I think when they add guys like Sue, like Joseph, secret stuff can only go so far. We're going to
1: have
3: to debate that a little later in the show. I, yeah, super quick, Ninko. I claim no bars. Okay.
1: Okay. Oh, oh, Lord. But,
3: just Jonathan Taylor, I feel like he can maybe set the, set them apart and hopefully that running game can give him a little edge here. Okay. And Saturday. Next,
1: next time we be <laughs> with him. Come I mean, on, R.C., give me some that, love no, no, no. We've lost R.C. Okay. on the whole He's monster thing. He's Nobody loves in. anything like he loves Space Jam. In the meantime. Sunday is the 40th anniversary of one of the most famous plays in the history of American sports. It's known as The Play. You know it as the band is on the field. Stanford and Cal. Cal returning the kick return after five laterals to win the game and taking out one very unfortunate trombone player at the very end. So I asked everyone here on the 40th anniversary of The Play, what is the best play in any game you ever saw? Let's go through them. Prior, what did you pick?
0: I wouldn't be a aggra- out of UNC and in a basketball school. If I didn't say the end of the 2016 National Championship game, Marcus Page makes an incredible Ooh. double clutch shot with 4.7 seconds left. Villanova inbounds and i mean chris jenkins just crushed my soul in my game story <laughs> all at once best thing i've ever seen
1: um, and jim nance told me it's the best finish he ever called Sancho, your favorite play
2: hey it was marshawn lynch doing this to everybody tracy <laughs> porter included this is what he really became in my opinion marshawn lynch the dude that you feared i got a chance to play against him he was doing this against us as well this run and he did stuff like this all year his career long dominant Ninko how about you
3: Greeny oh. uh, against your Jets this play right here in 2010 Randy Moss one-handed 50-yard bomb the ball doesn't move the ball doesn't move yeah.
6: one-handed moss RC how about you you know what I love when I get to pick the actual best play? It's James Harrison, <laughs> 100-yard return in the Super Bowl. This was a team thing, but this is an absolute great individual effort. Early on that week, Coach LeBeau, who never screams at us, screamed at us because we weren't transitioning to offense on turnovers at practice. At this play, we did. The only player that didn't get a block was Troy Palamalu, but he's in the Hall of Fame, so we forgive him.
1: That was with zero seconds left on the clock at the end of the half for a 100-yard touchdown in the Super Bowl. As we continue, Aaron Rodgers could not deliver late last night. Derrick Henry did it all. Why the outcome was very different for the Packers and the Titans. We'll tell you what it meant for both as we continue to get up with you on a football Friday on ESPN.
5: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt.